Even those who argue that leaders make history rather than the other way around ought to know that leadership is never created in a vacuum. Nor is it a quality that can be engineered or a formula that can be taught. Whether we are in the biblical world or in Machiavelli's or in our own, and even if one believes that God or fortune has a hand in making a leader, any cursory look at history shows that truly important leaders emerge in times of crisis. It is during a crisis that we pay the closest attention to the leaders we have and decide whether those are the leaders we want or if we want others to take their place or if we, ourselves, will become leaders where previously we would not have dreamed of it. When times are smooth, when there is peace and economic prosperity but without drastic economic inequality, leaders can do well, but their main role is one of management making sure things stay stable and that no major mistakes are made. It is when a crisis hits that those leaders are tested. When they are, we find out that some leaders are meant to be in their positions in times of peace and stability, but not in times of crisis, while some leaders do not stand out or impress in times of stability, but reveal their strengths when crisis comes. It is during a true crisis that we must determine who among existing or potential leaders will help us and who will abuse our trust, who will address our problems and sufferings and who will exploit them, who will channel public rage for public good and who for personal gain. The Great Depression of the 1930s, which was probably the worst economic crisis the modern capitalist world has ever experienced, is a unique opportunity to find out what leaders we look for in a crisis. It shows us whom people turn to and whom they reject when chaos and instability arrive. It has a lot to teach us about what it takes for a leader facing a crisis to be successful, both for the public at large and for the leader herself. For most Americans, the crisis began in late 1929 with the Wall Street crash, the collapse of the New York stock market. During the 1920s, millions of Americans had been encouraged to pour their savings into the stock market, which they were propagandized into believing would make them wealthy. But it was a barely regulated equivalent of a giant Ponzi scheme. This collapse led to a series of bank failures that ruined millions more American families pretty much instantaneously. It was disastrous for the working class and destroyed farmers. It affected nearly the entire global community, revealing in the starkest, and to many the most horrifying, way how intimately national economies had become connected and how the well-being of hundreds of millions of people depended on whether unintelligible finances in Lower Manhattan went up or down. Vulnerable people suffered the most and were the least protected from harm. There is a stereotype about the 1920s, that it was the jazz age, years of bathtub gin and flappers, but it was also a time of severe inequality, and the poorest members of society struggled to survive with few social protections in a jungle-like market economy. For all these people, the Great Depression made things even worse. For the African-American poor, it was particularly devastating. At the height, 
or depth, of the Great Depression, the United States recorded 25% official unemployment. Other countries had it even worse. Canada had 27% official unemployment, Australia 29%, Germany roughly 30%, meaning nearly one-third of its workforce. The global political impact was immeasurable. 